Good evening, folks. Thanks for joining us. Um, this evening is all about Lent and introducing uh, Ash Wednesday and the subsequent weeks. So Lent is a season of fasting and preparation ahead of Easter. It's a 40-day fast. And um, just in case you're quick with numbers and math, and you're thinking that that doesn't add up, you're right, because the Sundays in this period are not counted in the fast as Sunday is considered a feast day because we're looking forward to resurrection. But today starts this season and it is called Ash Wednesday. So let us pause to be still this evening, to breathe slowly, to recenter our scattered senses upon the presence of God. We're going to take our Lenten journey with the artist Henry Matisse as a guide and helper along the way. He once said he liked to pray with a pencil. He said, at the moment, I go every morning to say my prayers, pencil in hand. I stand in front of a pomegranate tree covered in blossom and each flower at a different stage. And I watch their transformation filled with admiration for the work of God. Is that not a way of praying? Henry Matisse is one of the most innovative, influential, and beloved artists in modern history, celebrated above all as a master colorist. I didn't know a colorist was such a thing, but anyways, from his childhood, growing up in the Roman Catholic uh, church in a small town in France, to a major work at the end of his life, he declared to be his masterpiece. It was called The Chapel of the Rosary in Venice. Matisse explored spiritual and theological themes throughout his life, sometimes implicitly, sometimes explicitly. Gosh, I love Matisse. He's one of my favorite artists. I'm so glad I found this as a, as a devotional. Um, so if Lent is a fast, then what should this fast look like? Um, Jesus has some thoughts about this, so we're just going to read it as uh, Matthew remembered it. I always think we're going to read Jesus's words. I'm like, mm, are we, though? We're going to read what Matthew remembered Jesus's words were um, in Matthew 6, 1 to 6 and 16 to 21. And this is in the message. Be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theatre, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do that something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action, I'm sure. Play actors, I call them. Acting compassionate as long as someone is watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause, true. But that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. When you practice some appetite-denying discipline, aka a fast, to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, then act normally outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face. That's always good advice. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing. He'll reward you well. Don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust, or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. 
It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Jesus often spoke of the kingdom of heaven as something already close at hand and so close that we can experience it here and now. And at the same time, he also spoke of it as something still to come, not yet here in all its glory. The phrase kingdom of heaven can be translated uh, in many ways, each one of like a colorful painting of God's already and not yet world. So here are a few of the options. The reign of heaven, the realm of heaven, the community of heaven, the dream of heaven, the revolution of heaven, <laughs> the celebration of heaven, the dance of heaven. This already but not yet reality is true not only of the world around us, but also of each one of our hearts. Something great has begun and we already treasure great things. The essence of Jesus's challenge in this passage is to take stock of what we are already treasuring, not just what we're theoretic, what we theoretically value, but what we actually value with our time and effort and other resources. So let's pause and take an inventory. We'll take one minute for each of the three questions I'm gonna ask. I think they're gonna be up on the screen. Yep. Um, and I encourage you to write down your thoughts if you have a pen and paper there close by and try not to edit yourself. Oh, Sarah, you just took away my screen. <laughs> Sorry. So I don't know how to get it back. Well, I can I can take over. That is the question. Okay. Um, you can you can reflect on these later. So just right now, don't edit. Just write. Um, so the first question is, what's on the screen already? No, it's not. I'm sorry. That's the end slide. This is the, this first, is the first question. question. What treasures? What treasures? What treasures do you hold in your heart? For example, love, kindness, these kind of non-tangible things. What treasures do you hold in your heart?
How are you investing the gifts you have received? Where do you see the reign of heaven, or if you prefer, the realm of heaven, the community of heaven, the dream of heaven, <laughs> sorry, uh, the revolution of heaven, the celebration of heaven, the dance of heaven, already coming into the world, and in what ways is it not here yet? So the treasures that we have already may well be beautiful, but we're just beginning. And there are so many more things and better things on the way. Our hearts are still growing as we learn and relearn to treasure what's important and to let go of what's petty, excessive or holding us back. The season of Lent is a time to focus on this learning and growing, this strengthening and opening up of our hearts. Here at the journey's outset, Jesus calls us to take stock of what we treasure and what we truly value, long for, pursue and store up, because this will make all the difference as we travel. We've already begun and we're not there yet. Our hearts and our communities are masterpieces in the making. The colour of Ash Wednesday is grey. And through this uh, devotional with Matisse, each week gets its own color. But the color of Ash Wednesday is gray, and it's the gray of ashes. It's the gray of late winter, of mortality, and of dust. If you have a paper and pencil, I would love you to take the pencil and color the page as I read these questions and just fill that page with gray. Um, I'll read the questions slowly, and uh, again, we'll just take a minute on each question. I'm not going to put them on the screen this time, um, just because I want you to focus on what you're colouring. So just with a grey pencil. 
follow that page. And uh, again, we'll take a minute on each question. Here's the, here's the first. What are the greys in your life these days? What are the greys in your life these days? The things that lack colour. The greys for me are the kind of in-betweens, not the highs, not the lows, the greys, the, the blair. But what are the greys in your life? Okay, and the next question is, what beauty do you find in the greys in your life? And the final question is, which greys do you hope will soon bloom with other colours? Which greys do you hope will soon bloom with other colours? Let us um, light a candle at the start of our Lent journey. It's a candle of reflection that will light them and we'll pray and then we'll pause. So let's pray. God of color and light, guide of pilgrims everywhere, help us to begin. Give us eyes to see the changing colors of this season from the humbling gray of Ash Wednesday to the dazzling dawn of Easter Sunday. Help us appreciate the beauty that is already here and create the beauty that's still to come. Strengthen and, op and open and humble our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. If we were together tonight, we would remind ourselves that we were made of dust and that when we die, we return to dust by placing ashes that are mixed with oil on each other's foreheads. Um, what I would like to do, this piece of paper that I filled with gray, I think taking the finger, the oil from my finger, I think it's possible in that to draw the cross as we would do on our foreheads. 
So just take your finger and smudge in that gray that you colored and draw the cross in there. You see mine? Just using the finger oil with oil and ashes. This reminds us of our mortality and is a commitment to humility like we see in Jesus. And we'll use the words of the dust as we share communion together. Communion helps us to remember that we share in Jesus's body and blood because he shares ours. So if you have communion elements, we're gonna take that together right now. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his friends. And he said, take this and eat this. And as you eat it, remember me. Let's eat together. You were made from dust and to dust you shall return. The body of Christ broken for you. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup and he passed it around and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, the blood of Christ, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins, drink this and remember me. We were made from dust and to dust we shall return. The blood of Christ poured out for you. Let's drink. God of color and light. Help us appreciate the beauty that is already here and create the beauty that is still to come. Amen.